0: Victoria College is a public open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome in to episode 41 of The Grid. I'm Gabe Myers, sports reporter for the Victoria Advocate. Alongside me is Mike Foreman, our sports editor, and Jeremiah Sosa, our assistant sports editor. And we're going to dive right in here. We got some seven-on-seven football to talk about. We got state stuff going on. We got local stuff going on. But we're going to start with something more local. Uh, Jeremiah, you were out this week. You were out watching Calhoun and seven-on-seven uh, what did you see? What did you observe taking, taking in the sand crabs this week?
1: Yeah, well, I think we, we've we talked about in previous podcasts that Calhoun isn't a team that uh, passes the ball a lot during the regular season. Um, so like Mike was saying last week, it, it's kind of weird seeing them there at 7-on-7, seven seven, but I mean, you, you kind of saw what you ex- would expect from a team like that. Uh, they ended up losing both games, uh, the first one to El Campo, the second one to Victoria East, but... They were able to, to, you know, get some passes from uh, quarterback Alex Parker, uh, you know, complete some passes to his receivers. Uh, I think really uh, they're kind of looking at their defense for uh, this 7-on-7, seven seven. Uh, just, you know, what they're able to accomplish. Last season they they started off, uh, you know, as, as we you know talked about last year, uh, seven-game losing streak, and, and they ended up switching QBs. They had some, uh, you know, uh, you know, rotations at QBs. I think they started off with uh, Jace Campos and then they went to Alex Parker. And uh, he, he was able to help them, uh, you know, get to the playoffs, get to the regional, I think, I believe, semifinal. Um, but, yeah, kind of coming off of that season, I think, you know, Parker's just wanting to to get more comfortable in that QB position uh, with some of the new guys that they they have. Obviously losing a guy like Tony Hensley, who was, uh, you know, one of their main guys when running the option last season. Uh, it, it's got to be tough, but you know he's uh, he's excited with the, the weapons that he does has and, and the weapons that he was able to work with uh, you know during the seven on seven on uh, Monday.
0: How do you even go about evaluating a team that, like you said, once the season starts, they're really not even going to be uh, they're not even gonna really be throwing the, the ball a whole lot. So the seven on seven stuff is not as translatable to maybe a team like what Victoria West, who you know they're going to be spreading it around quite a bit once the season starts. How do you go about evaluating a team like that who just. Uh, you know, it's
1: going, to be, it's going to be a lot of inside runs in the season. And seven on seven, you're not going to see any of that. Yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of just seeing the way that your guys are able to to handle, you know, the pressure of seven on seven and, you know, just having them run plays. Uh, you know, both of the players that I talked to, they were saying, uh, you know, hopefully they, they'll be able to throw the ball a little bit more during the season. But, I mean, that's, uh, that's up to Coach Whitaker and, and you know, his system. Um, so, yeah, I think just for seven on seven, it's a lot of just – being in the right spot uh I know afterwards the coaches were talking to the players just about how they need to be more engaged and you know kind of take that those little things into the season where you know you need to you know start off hot and you know try not to to start off the season on another seven game losing streak
0: yeah seven game losing streak's not how you want to start the how you want to start the year although it didn't end too bad for Calhoun um is you said the players are getting some funny ideas on hey let's throw the ball around a little bit once the lights come on you think coach Whitaker's taking that into account or he's got his uh I think he might be just setting his ways over there
1: yeah I I think uh you know with the guy like coach Whitaker uh you know his system has you know been proving to work in the past so I think uh you know whatever he decides is what he's going to do but I mean there are there are some guys that that the Sandcrabs have uh isaiah cabrales he's going to be a, a rising sophomore uh, sophomore in his first season of varsity so you know he's fast he can get out uh, in, in space and catch some balls but you know once again it's just up to coach whitaker and what he decides is best for his team
0: yeah it's always interesting to see these you know option teams or run heavy teams when you get into the getting into the seven on seven season and we'll talk more seven on seven here on the show in a bit mike's going to be out at the uh the state tournament in college station this weekend but before then we're at one of my favorite times of the calendar i'll elaborate more on that right after this message from white trash services
2: i'm joined by bj nelson bj white trash services what is it and and, and what do y'all do
3: well thank you for asking we gather trash in the counties around the crossroads area we've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster trash can and roll off of companies
2: and you know y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the crossroads region just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the victoria area
3: High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football.
2: And how can someone get a hold of white trash services to start their service, rent a roll off, or apply to be a part of your team?
3: You can give us a call at 361 550 one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen so give us a call anytime eight to five during the day and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things
2: all right
0: welcome back into this 41st episode of the grid and Mike this is one of my favorite times of the year, and the, the, this time of the year, I like to call it preview magazine season. That's where we are right now. The Dave's Campbell Texas Football—I don't even think it's on the shelves yet—but because Mike Foreman is Mike Foreman, we get a we get a little early look at that, and we got a lot of these uh, a lot of these local teams here in the rankings. And I think we'll just go ahead and start in a four A with uh, Quero being ranked fourth in four A D two according to the. Uh, according to the wise folks at Dave's Campbell.
3: Right. Uh, well, um, yeah, one reason, of course, I get it. I do work for them. Yeah. So uh, that makes up for your uh, measly, uh, measly uh, I don't know what to call it. But, uh, you know, we don't do this for the money anyways. But uh, anyways, Cuero uh, is ranked fourth. That was kind of a surprise to me. I have to be honest with you. Cuero uh, is going to be good. They'll be athletic, uh, but they lost a lot on defense. Uh obviously Sean Burks, uh, you know, he was defensive player of the year for a lot of people. Uh they lost him, they lost some in the secondary, uh, but they do have Brand Patek back at linebacker. He's gonna he'll have to fill the role that Burks played last year. And uh they they're gonna have to hope that their outside linebackers and their defensive front can uh, do the work of feeding. They like the way their defense works is basically feeds the uh, the ball carrier to the inside linebackers who make make a lot of tackles. Offensively, uh, Mason Notaro back at quarterback, he's experienced. Uh, they will have to replace uh, Tyson uh, Williams at running back. Tyson, of course, going to uh, West Texas A&M. Uh, and uh, they have some receivers to replace, although they have some back, including Dalen Gibbs, who uh, made some big catches during the playoffs last year. So we'll see. You know, Quero, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know as well as I do, Gabe, that these preseason work uh, rankings a lot of times are based on, uh, you know, what you're uh, – what your reputation is, and uh, I think a lot of that is, will be for Quero number four.
0: Yeah, Quero. Of course, they've been one of the better uh, one of the better high school pro- programs across the state the last several years. Um, if we're gonna switch over, we'll go to four A D one. We got a few uh, area teams. We talked about Calhoun earlier. They come in at 16th in the preseason rankings. That seven-game losing streak. They ended the season strong. A lot of momentum going into the 2023 season. El Campo, they'll be replacing Reuben Owens, but they're 12th in the 4A D1 rankings. And Bay City comes in at 14th. And, uh, you know, one of their guys, Carlin Jones, the preseason defensive player of the year. Mike, talk to us a little bit about uh, Carlin Jones. Your def- preseason player of the year that means you're a monster
3: yeah he uh he was our lineman of the year last year uh a guy that's uh really tough off the edge i mean he is uh hard to block i i remember in fact the week of el campo bay city uh talking to uh chad war uh chad warrell who's the coach then in bay city uh he was in there telling me, he said, I don't know how to block this guy. I haven't seen yet on, a, on the tape where anybody's blocked him. So uh, basically tries to get him, you know, on the edge, freed up to so he can get to the quarterback. And, uh, you know, as far as El Campo goes, um, I kind of found it surprising that uh, Oliver Miles wasn't mentioned in any of these uh, uh, of the preseason teams. Because he's an outstanding athlete, he'll be there. Uh, El Campo's quarterback. He'll also play in the secondary. Um, the I think the key for El Campo is uh, one is obviously finding linemen. They 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 uh, they lost some linemen. The other is the transition. Um, they're transitioning into Coach Travis Reeves' new offense, and uh, they've El Campo's traditionally been a running team. Mm-hmm. Throughout the years, um, they haven't been as much of a running team as Calhoun, but they they don't throw the ball a lot. And uh, I know Travis from his days at uh, Cuero and also I guess at uh, New Caney. He likes to put the ball in the air, and uh, he likes to be balanced. So uh, the question is for El Campo: How quickly can they adapt to the new offense?
0: Yeah, let me ask you a question, because any time you lose, you know, an athlete the caliber of Ruben Owens, someone who's just so, so good and can, as an offense, undo himself, do you think bringing in Coach Reeve and Oliver Miles, a, a great athlete, you know, coming in at quarterback, do you think that almost helps, I don't know if offset's the right word, but maybe just mitigate the loss that Ruben Owens could be with, okay, we're, we're changing our offensive focus. Is it perhaps maybe not as big of a loss having – you know, a really good athlete, quarterback, a coach who's going to want to throw the football and kind of a philosophical change. Whereas if it was still a running team, replacing Ruben Owens appears to be a much more daunting task. Uh,
3: yes and no. I mean, obviously when you have a caliber player like Ruben, I mean, people were keying on him last year and he, he still had, you know, plenty yardage. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, – there'll be more of a team focus this year obviously than uh, than the focus on Reuben and uh of course with uh you know with coach Reeve coming in the other thing is uh opponents uh you know they they can go back and look at what he did at Quero and New Caney but until they see him at El Campo, they really don't know for sure what to expect so uh, that'll be interesting and of course uh you know those two uh you know, the the oldest continuous rivalry in the state of Texas, El Campo and Bay City, uh, which El Campo has dominated recently. And I know uh, Bay City is sitting there thinking uh, this could be yeah. our year, you know, because they they have people back. They have uh, their quarterback, Alex Estrada, starting his third year. Yeah. So uh, and with Carlon and then, uh, of course, uh, John Andrews at running back. They have some pieces there, and, uh, you know, Robert Jones, their coach has been building, and he hopes this year it will come to fruition.
0: Yeah, it does feel a little bit like it's kind of all coming together for Bay City, but El Campo definitely going to be one of the more intriguing teams to follow, especially in the early part of the season as we, you know, a lot of new there, a lot of kind of unknown that we're going to learn. We'll go to 3A and uh, 3AD1 Edna ranked third early on, top you know, near the top of the D1 poll and uh, coach Jimmy Mitchell, uh, preseason coach of the year. I mean, Mike, talk, talk about, uh, talk about Edna here.
3: Well, I mean, what you say about what the job Jimmy's done at Edna? I mean, uh, of course, he was our uh, athletic director of the year in the varsity cup, uh, that we selected. Uh, Jimmy's done a great job over there, uh. The, the And uh, last year, I mean, uh, they were in that game against Franklin. They made some mistakes, uh, you know, that hurt them before halftime, and then Franklin kind of pulled away at the end. But uh, and it's going to be tough. Uh, they have a lot of skill back. Of course, uh, their quarterback, Jaden Clay, he's starting his fourth year. I mean, you know, when you have a quarterback that's been back there since he was a freshman – That that's a pretty good deal because he knows that offense, and uh, they also have a good good running back, good receivers, uh, good people in the secondary. the The key for them is, I think, the line. They lost some very talented, uh, especially on the defensive front. And if but if they can replace those people, uh, you know, Edna, you know, I'd say a trip to AT and T Stadium Mm -hmm. is not out of the question for Edna.
0: Yeah, it's been, I watched or I read your uh, your piece on Edna earlier this year with Jaden Clay during the yeah. seven on seven season. And he's he's going to be a four year starter now, and he's like he's almost bored with seven on seven. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, it's not really my thing. I just want to get out there and play, and that's yeah. kind of the sense of the Edna team right now is they just want you know Franklin just kind of rolled everybody on their way to a state championship oh. last season. Yeah. I think Edna they kind of feel like, hey, look, new year, we can. Is it time for them to make that next step? Also in 3A, Goliad, who will be in a state 7-on-7 tournament. They come in at 19th. Yokum listed as a sleeper in 3A-D1. And we have Ty Davin, uh, in fourth in the rankings in 3A-D2. And uh, their running back, Mr. Dobbs, just made the big an- – Mr. Dodds, the OBDS, yeah. made a big announcement uh, today.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's going to Baylor. Uh, you know, I, I was out there, uh, I think it was Monday – and i mean boy he looks great uh he's he's battled some injuries throughout his career in fact he was hurt in that game uh the uh quarterfinal game against both last year um and he just really couldn't go in that game but if he can stay healthy uh is going to have a load because uh Kel russell their their quarterback you know started as a freshman last year and, gosh, um, I mean, you know, going from freshman to sophomore year after having all those games under your belt has got to help him. So, uh, yeah, Ty Damon's going to be a team to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah, that's um, – I mean, again, that freshman to sophomore jump, I feel like it's the biggest jump you're going to take as an athlete right there, especially for someone with that varsity experience. And, of course, wouldn't be talking about football if we don't go down to 2A and talk some Refurio and Shiner. <laughs> uh, Refurio coming in – Top of the polls, uh, two-way Division One. Shiner coming in at ninth, and Gennaro twenty-first. I mean, we I, again, two-way football. You got to talk about Refurio and Shiner, and Shiner obviously replacing a lot. Refurio, they they're kind of in the opposite end. They're bringing back quite a bit. Uh, like let's t- I mean, Refurio. I mean, the conversation I think begins with Ernest Campbell.
3: <laughs> right, Ernie is uh, of course, you know he uh, he he's always been a great. Track person, but I think it was last year when people realized, hey, you know, this guy can play football as well. I mean, especially in the uh, semifinal game against Timpson, where uh, for the first time, really, uh, Coach Herring put him in the backfield and he ran the ball some. Uh, and, you know, he was, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, he was one of the difference makers in that game. Um, I was curious to see who they were going to rank. Number one, I knew it was going to be either Refurio or Timpson. Obviously, uh, Timpson has Terry Bussey back, who's the player of the year mm-hmm. going into the season. Outstanding quarterback. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, barring any serious injuries, serious surprises, I think we can look for a rematch of that refurio timpson semifinal game. Uh Sometime in uh, December.
0: I don't think you get a lot of complaints around the state if we end <laughs> up uh, end up with a rematch like right that like that twenty four twenty if I recall correctly was a score last year. I think
3: it was actually seventeen fourteen. Refurio kicked a field goal with like three. Five oh, I'm thi-
0: there. I'm thinking of Refurio Shiner. Yeah. I'm thinking of Refurio Shiner because they yeah. had, they met they yeah. met earlier in the playoffs. Yeah, which
3: that was, uh, <laughs> that, was uh, that was. I think you're right. It was. Uh, something like that. It was a very close game, which uh, for the, the question this year, Shiner's is going to be a question mark. Uh, there's no doubt they have the tradition, um, but they lost a ton. And, uh, in fact, they have only one lineman back. Uh, of course, you lose Dalton Brooks right there. That's, that's a huge loss. Um, I think Carson Schutte will step in at quarterback. Um, they have Bishop back at running back. Um, you know, the the question I have really as I look at, at that district is um, the thing about Refurio and Shiner that I've always thought um, is their tradition helps carry them through their so-called down years. I mean, their down years are not the same as other people's right. down years, but... There are years where they don't have the talent that they Mm -hmm. normally have. And this is one of those years for Shiner. And the question is, how much can the tradition carry you? Um, Because uh, I'll tell you, in their district, Three Rivers is a very talented team. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when that game comes up. I mean, is Three Rivers going to be able to deal with playing Shiner? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like... When they walk on the field, you know, oh, it's Shiner, you mm-hmm. know. And that's the thing that Refura and Shiner kind of have on people, and even Cuero and other teams. People have that kind of image in their head. I'm sure it's the same way for Carthage and some of those teams, you know, around the state that have had success. You know, when you, you, you have that kind of uh, tradition, you've got that kind of thing going for you. And uh, I think Shiner's going to uh, – Going to need to rely on that a lot this year.
0: Yeah, I always think uh, early in the season, talent can kind of take over, but as you get deeper in the year, that tradition, that toughness, that pedigree really starts to show itself no- more. And I talked about Campo being an interesting team, Shiner as well, interesting to follow early in the season. We mentioned Ganado's 21st, yeah. and Falls City in a two way division two comes in at 10th there going to be ones to watch this year yeah
3: i I think Falls city is going to be uh last year you know they they lost from the year before when they had gone to the state final uh the beavers had lost a ton and they came in and they struggled early on i think they started like one and three but they had a freshman at quarterback by the Mm -hmm. name of braylon johnson and he is a tremendous athlete and once they kind of figured out what they could do Well, then they they lost to Burton by, I believe it was like four points or two Mm -hmm. points. And that was the only game they lost until they got in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So uh, now they've got a lot of those guys back. uh, and Burton does too, though. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, that's going to determine a lot when they play Burton.
0: Yeah, that would be That would be fun to follow as you go throughout the year. And again, Braylon Johnson, you know, really one of the star newcomers in this area last year. He's yeah. coming back as a sophomore now, and after after a really good freshman season, he uh, not just from us, but from a lot of people expecting big things from the young man. Yeah, well,
3: he he's already got an offer from Texas State. So you know, when you get an offer as a freshman, you that usually well, he'll be a sophomore now. But when you get an offer that young, that usually means that people are watching you. And uh, you know how it is in the football world. When somebody offers, all of a sudden everybody else starts looking at someone. And uh, I think he he's a, a multi-sport guy. You know, he plays baseball. He's great baseball, great basketball. He runs track. I mean, heck, he's he does it all. So, uh, And they have some other pieces, too, that are uh, going to be in there. And, uh, you know, Coach Kirov has been there for – he was there before when they won state, and he's back. Uh, he knows how to put the pieces in the right place. And I think you saw that last year. It just took them a while to get – to understand what they could do. And uh, and once they figured it out, they, they got on a roll.
0: Yeah, Fall City, another one to watch this year, and Braylon Johnson. And that concludes us talking about Dave Campbell's Texas high school football rankings. That magazine will be on the shelf; should be out very, very soon. So, you know, someone in the office today called it the uh, the gospel of Texas football. I'm not going to go that far, but somebody in our offices said that today. No one at this table.
3: Well, they said they, it's called the Bible of Texas, Texas. football. Uh, that's been around for a long time. And, I mean, I've worked for that magazine for a long a lot of years, and uh, it's amazing when you think that it started with Dave Campbell and Waco on his kitchen table putting together a magazine. It just shows you uh, how the growth of uh, high school football in Texas, the way it's just taken off.
0: Well, and it tells you how much football matters here. I mean, they say football's king here, and it truly is. Yeah. I mean, look at us. its We're in June, and <laughs> we've done three straight weeks. We're talking about football here, but that's what – That's what we like to talk about. That's what you guys want to hear is, you know, it's all football all the time, essentially. Um, and we love it. We wouldn't have it any other way. And I call it preview magazine season because I'd go on those summer road trips with the family <laughs> and I'd grab a Dave's Campbell. I'd grab a couple other magazines and go through all of them, looking at the previews, getting ready for the college season coming in the fall. All right. Well, we got one more commercial from Thrivent Financial, and we're going to we're going to get into some state seven on seven stuff here with Mike Foreman.
2: Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361 223 7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true path planning.
0: All right, we are back here with episode 41 of The Grid. And, Mike, you're going to be up at the State 7-on-7 tournament this week. Just talk to us a little bit about what you're looking
3: for. Well, what I'm looking for is to survive the heat. That's the first (laughs) thing. It is going to be brutal this year. I mean, it's never very uh, pleasant, as I should say. But this year, if these temperatures continue, uh, it's going to be hot. And – I want I I'd like to really see our area teams do a little bit better than that. last year. uh Ganado was the only one to win a game on the second day. And they won one game and then everybody was out because the format up there is you play uh three pool games on Thursday and then Friday you go into a single elimination and once you lose you're done. This year in Division 2 we have uh Bay City and Goliath division 3 we have ganado again and tied amen and uh I, I think uh you know uh you're always going to get this big argument about whether 7 on 7 helps you in the fall some coaches think it does other coaches don't i think really just what uh what coaches are looking for yeah you want to win but i think the main thing is just seeing the kids uh compete together as a team try to you know build some chemistry between everyone get build some chemistry between your quarterbacks and your receivers and for your DBs uh let them get some coverage skills because uh at the state 7 on 7 tournament very i mean no almost no contact is allowed so there's no bumping run. there's none of this uh They'll call it tightly, so uh, that as a DB, you you've got to have some coverage skills.
0: It's funny you mentioned the uh, you know just seeing the kids competing, wanting to get you know wanting to get out there and get the chemistry. Because I've the last couple of weeks I had the chance to talk to you know Courtney Boyce, Victoria West, Craig Nairn at Industrial, and both of them echoed very just the same sentiment you did of look. At, not really about the results. We don't care about that too much, but let's get the kids out here. Let's get them competing. Let's get, you know, get their juices going a little bit. And then let's get the you know, let's get the chemistry going. The like quarterbacks, receivers, DBs, let's yeah. get let's get everyone on the same page and not let the month of June, you know, go to waste here. We got football to play in a couple of months.
3: Yeah, I think uh, too, the other thing is um if you if you got a program that you're kind of trying to turn around you know Mm -hmm. you haven't had a lot of success i think if you can win some games up there that helps you because Mm -hmm. you know it gives the kids a feeling of success and you know when you go into your uh workouts in august it uh you you can carry that over Mm -hmm. a little bit that feeling you say hey look we can do this Mm -hmm. you know and that that to me is one of the big things too
0: yeah, I think looking at the list of teams here, Goliad, Tidehaven, Tidehaven Ganado, Bay City, Goliad's is the one that stands out to me just because they have that quarterback go- battle going on right now. And even as of last week, it was, hey, we got up to four guys taking snaps right now, four guys, you know, going through it. I just think this week is really important for Goliad because I'm some clarity has to come out of this at the quarterback position, I would imagine, for them.
3: Well, I think Coach uh, Salazar said uh, that uh, it'll be pretty much Colby Rosenquist this weekend because uh, I think two of the quarterbacks aren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. And he said, although I think Cord uh, Zamzow may play some, mm-hmm. primarily be Colby. So I, I'm sure they'll take a close look at, at Colby and see how he does. Uh, you know, we know he's a good, good athlete, a good player. Um, but, well, you know, play, taking over quarterbacks is going to be new for him.
0: And I'll tell you this, I've you know, just going out to Victoria West, Goliath's been out there as well. I've been able to see them and Colby's been the one taking the majority of the snaps that I you know, that I have seen. So if, read into that read into that what you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean Colby has appeared to be the one taking the majority of the snaps there, so it's interesting you mentioned that that he's gonna be taking a lot of the snaps, uh, you know. On, um uh you know in the state in the state tournament but then the other three schools outside of Goliad uh or no even Goliad's in there too Tidehaven, Ganado, Bay City, all ranked in these uh you know, these yeah. Dave Campbell polls that we just touched on as well. Anything you're looking for from the other three, anything stand out to you about the those other three?
3: Well Ganado, of course has a new quarterback too and that's uh something uh I'm I'm looking at there. Uh you wanna get that uh get him as many reps as you can uh as far as Bay City and um you know Bay City as far as they go and Ty David goes they uh Kale Russell this is his second season um you know just kind of want to see uh like Kale when I spoke to Kale he said that he just kind of wants to get more comfortable with his receivers which because he's got some new receivers this year as far as Bay City goes uh I think uh, Coach Jones just wants to see uh, kind of a the mentality, you know, how the approach, how they handle adversity, those kind of things is what he wants to see because uh, they feel like this can be a good season for him, And uh, I think that's what he kind of wants to look at at 7-on-7.
0: Yeah. Well, all right, that will do it for us for – Episode forty-one of the Grid Football Wall to Wall. But before we leave here, I gotta tell you, baseball, softball, all area teams, all dis- you know, all district teams are already out. All area teams are coming up with that as we speak. Coaches, please send those our way. The deadline for that is Friday. We've gotten a good amount already. We want more. We want any, you know, we want all these athletes the opportunity to be recognized on the all-area teams. Also send us your all-district selections as well. They've been coming in. We've been getting them. If you haven't sent them in yet, send them in to sports at VicAd.com. And once again, the deadline for that is this Friday, June 23rd get those in and we're going to start pumping those out sooner rather than later. So please get them to us.
3: Yeah. And as uh, I pointed this out before, I've told coaches this before, if you nominate a player, they will get at least honorable mention. So, you know, it's up to you. I mean, we know about certain players, but we can't see everyone. And so we rely on coaches to please send us those nominations and uh, because we want to include as many, as many people as we can, um, and I—I uh, I don't know if you noticed on basketball, uh, there weren't too many all district teams in there, and we—we we don't have them. I mean, coaches have them, and we need them. So please send them.
0: Yeah, we can only recognize the kids that are in front of us. And the last thing we want to do is leave out some deserving, some worthy athlete out there just because we don't have the nomination. So please send those our way once again to sports at VicAd.com. Deadline is this Friday, June 23rd. If you send them to the email, I promise you either myself, Mike, or Jeremiah has seen them and logged them. So promise you we're getting them if you're sending them our way but that will do it for this week's episode of the grid thank you for tuning in and we can't wait to be with you guys once again next week